재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It is time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today, I'll be reading from Don Quixote by Cervantes. Miguel de Cervantes is a Spanish writer from the 16th century. His influence on the Spanish language was so great that Spanish is often referred to as the language of Cervantes. He is best known as a writer, but he wore many hats over the course of his life. as a chamber assistant to a cardinal, a naval officer, and a hostage captured by Ottoman pirates. Don Quixote is perhaps the culmination of his adventurous life. The story begins with Alonso Quixano, a resident of La Mancha approaching 50 years of age, starting to believe every word of the tales of chivalry he is reading. First comes the delusion, and then actions based on delusion. He decides to become a knight-errant on an adventure. In the chapter I'll read today, we see the origins of his madness. I'll be back with the story after Where Are You Going? by Dave Matthews Band. Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes Chapter 1 Which treats of the character and pursuits of the famous gentleman Don Quixote of La Mancha In a village of La Mancha, the name of which I have no desire to call to mind, there lived, not long since, one of those gentlemen that keep a lance in the lance rack, an old buckler, a lean hack, and a greyhound for coursing. An ola of rather more beef than mutton, a salad on most nights, scraps on Saturdays, lentils on Fridays, and a pigeon or so extra on Sundays made away with three quarters of his income. The rest of it went in a doublet of fine cloth and velvet breeches and shoes to match for holidays, while on weekdays he made a brave figure in his best homespun. He had in his house a housekeeper past 40, a niece under 20, and a lad for the field and marketplace who used to saddle the hack as well as handle the billhook. The age of this gentleman of ours was bordering on 50. He was of a hardy habit, spare, gaunt-featured, a very early riser, and a great sportsman. They will have it, his name was Quixada or Quesada, for here there is some difference of opinion among the authors who write on this subject. Although from reasonable conjectures, it seems plain that he was called Quesana. 
This, however, is of but little importance to our tale. It will be enough not to stray a hair's breadth from the truth in the telling of it. You must know, then, the above-named gentleman, whenever he was at leisure, which was mostly all the year round, gave himself up to reading books of chivalry with such ardor and avidity that he almost entirely neglected the pursuit of his field sports and even the management of his property. And to such a pitch did his eagerness and infatuation go that he sold many an acre of tillage land to buy books of chivalry to read and brought home as many of them as he could get. But of all, there were none he liked so well as those of the famous Feliciano da Silva's composition for their lucidity of style and complicated conceits were as pearls in his sight, particularly when in his reading he came upon courtships and cartels, where he often found passages like The reason of the unreason with which my reason is afflicted so weakens my reason that with reason I murmur at your beauty. Or again, the high heavens, that of your divinity, divinely fortify you with the stars, render you deserving of the desert your greatness deserves. Over conceits of this sort, the poor gentleman lost his wits and used to lie awake striving to understand them. and warmed the meaning out of them. What Aristotle himself could not have made out or extracted had he come to life again for that special purpose. He was not at all easy about the wounds which Don Bellanis gave and took because it seemed to him that great as were the surgeons who had cured him, he must have had his face and body covered all over with seams and scars. He commended, however, the author's way of ending his book with the promise of that interminable adventure, and many a time was he tempted to take up his pen and finish it properly, as is there proposed, which no doubt he would have done and made a successful piece of work of it too, had not greater and more absorbing thoughts prevented him. And unbearable world, thou art base and debauched as can be. And the knight with his banners all bravely unfurled, thou hurls down his gun. Many an argument did he have with the curate of his village, a learned man and a graduate of Siguenza, as to which had been the better knight, Palmerin of England or Amadis of Gaul. Master Nicholas, the village barber, however, used to say that neither of them came up to the knight of Phoebus, and that if there was any that could compare with him, it was Don Galore, the brother of Amadis of Gaul, because he had a spirit that was equal to every occasion, and was no finikin knight, nor lacrimose like his brother, while in the matter of valor, he was not a wit behind him. In short, he became so absorbed in his books that he spent his nights from sunset to sunrise and his days from dawn to dark poring over them. And what with little sleep and much reading, his brains got so dry that he lost his wits. His fancy grew full of what he used to read about in his books, enchantments, quarrels, battles, challenges, wounds, wooings, loves, agonies, and all sorts of impossible nonsense. 
and it so possessed his mind that the whole fabric of invention and fancy he read of was true, that to him, no history in the world had more reality in it. He used to say that the Cid Ruiz Diaz was a very good knight, but that he was not to be compared with the knight of the burning sword, who with one backstroke cut in half two fierce and monstrous giants. He thought more of Bernardo del Carpio because at Roncesvalles he slew Roland in spite of enchantments, availing himself of the artifice of Hercules when he strangled Antaeus, the son of Terra, in his arms. He approved highly of the giant Morgante because, although of the giant breed which is always arrogant and ill-conditioned, he alone was affable and well-bred. But above all, he admired Reynaldos of Montalban, especially when he saw him sallying forth from his castle and robbing everyone he met. And when beyond the seas, he stole that image of Muhammad, which, as his history says, was entirely of gold. To have a bout of kicking at that traitor of a ganelon, he would have given his housekeeper and his niece into the bargain. In short, his wits being quite gone, he hit upon the strangest notion that ever madmen in this world hit upon. And that was that he fancied it was right and requisite, as well for the support of his own honor as for the service of his country, that he should make a knight-errant of himself, roaming the world over in full armor and on horseback, in quest of ventures and putting in practice himself all that he had read of as being the usual practices of knights errant righting every kind of wrong and exposing himself to peril and danger from which in the issue he was to reap eternal renown and fame already the poor man saw himself crowned by the might of his arm emperor of Trebizond at least and so Led away by the intense enjoyment he found in these pleasant fancies, he set himself forthwith to put his scheme into execution. tracks we played in between were Man of La Mancha from the musical based on Don Quixote performed by Brian Stokes Mitchell and Ernie Sabella followed by Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. This week's quote is from Man of La Mancha the musical. When life itself seems lunatic, who knows where madness lies? Perhaps to be too practical is madness. To surrender dreams, this may be madness. To seek treasure where there is only trash, too much sanity may be madness. And maddest of all, 
to see life as it is and not as it should be. Once again, that was from Man of La Mancha by Dale Wasserman. We have arrived at the end of our show. To learn more about next week's topic, please visit our website. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week, and I'll be back next Sunday at 10 a.m. with another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is Water Under the Bridge by Adele.